0: Hello everyone, Amelia Taylor-Hochberg, Archinect's editorial manager here. The interview you're about to hear was recorded as part of Archinect's first ever live podcasting event series, Next Up, held during the opening weekend of the inaugural Chicago Architecture Biennial. As we ease into season two of our podcast, we'll be releasing over four hours of interviews and discussions from Next Up. Stay tuned to hear more about an exciting change to our shows this season and enjoy this interview from Next Up. Our first guests are Fake Industries Architectural Agonism. We have Bertie Grau Hi. and uh, Cristina Goberna. So, did you guys just arrive? Or were you able to uh, see some other biennial events already? We've
1: been here for a while. Actually, we arrived like a week ago, almost. So we are traveling from Australia, so it's better to be here a little bit in advance.
0: So I'd like to dive right in and ask you guys about your name, yeah. for part. Um, it's quite a heavy name. There's a lot of <laughs> concepts entailed in there that have some very specific histories involved. Um, I'd first like to start out with fake, the significance of having the word fake in your name and how you relate your um, practice in a historical context. you talk a lot about about how um, you're not interested in creating original architecture, original forms, but rather iterating on pre-existing ones and trying to elaborate more on the possibilities inherent there. So what inspired that importance and why is that the impetus for your, for your work?
2: You want to go on? I, it doesn't work. So. It doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. So
1: our work is literally the result of a disagreement. We never agree in a, in a name, so that's why it's so long. because it's actually the combination of two different names, but in a way that actually illustrates the logic of the name itself, uh, the name is divided between fake industries and architectural agonism. And we try to um, portray one topic that we've been investing a long time in investigating, that is the notion of replica. Replica being this word that, in, specifically in uh, Roman okay. languages, uh, there's two meanings. One is the traditional in English also, but the second... Um,
2: the second meaning, one? Maybe I can... Yeah, it worked? So, yeah, I think that it works <laughs> now. <laughs> it
0: works, but so,
2: so, replica has a lot of meaning in, the, in uh, Roman languages. No? As we were saying, the first uh, meaning has to do with uh, copies, of course, and the, the rejection to originality. And the second one relates to an answer to a previous statement, and we'd like to think that the, the answers of the previous statements that we are interested in are always agonistic answers to previous statements. So really answers that create some friction to certain issues that we believe that have to be discussed. So this is where agonistic uh, part of the name comes.
0: You also refer to your work as trying to engage in the uh, practice of architecture as creating this figure of the architect as public intellectual, which might not be the first thing that people think of when they think of the role of the architect, certainly not in layman's terms or in sheer practice, uh, someone who builds buildings or designs buildings. Um, so how do you guys conceptualize your role in the, in the biennial as working towards that goal of the architect as public intellectual?
2: Do you want me to explain? Well, no, I can explain a little bit of the public intellectual. You can go for the biennial. So we come originally from Europe, although we have been uh, living in New York for 10 years and we are in between uh, Sydney and, uh, and New York, no? And uh, uh, we indicate the role of uh, the architect as public intellectual in the European sense. So it's, uh, this, is a, this is a figure that uh, in European countries exist and uh, it's, uh, it's understanding the figure of the architect as someone that is not only locked up in his or her office, is not only locked up in, the, in academia, but it's, uh, it's in, in both places, in a way. No? So it's someone that can really have a conversation with politicians and can really uh, also write the newspapers and know, about, know and intervene in the conversations about the constructions of cities. But also it's someone that uh, is a mediator, so can really inform as well to the general public to think about these issues as well. So someone really that can put uh, his or her position in risk in order to raise necessary questions, no? So we are not claiming that we are like these fantastic public intellectuals. We're saying that it's a figure that we believe that had to be vindicated, especially here that it's not that so it's not so common, no?
1: Yeah, in the um, piece we have upstairs in the fourth floor, we are working towards a re- with a really simple uh, hypothesis: Australia change region two years ago. It's a kind of a funny thing for a country to do. They move from the Pacific region to the Indo-Pacific region. There was a policy decision. Uh, The Department of Defense uh, thought that actually uh, the country should be relocated there. That basically inaugurated, in a way, a global region that haven't been explored and is the first country to move there but expects other countries to move there too but we did uh, in what we have upstairs is an atlas of 4000 images that try to map understand the urban constituencies of that region how architects could start navigating a region that is so young but at the same time is there forever uh, traditionally that region that spans from the west coast of South America to the east coast of Africa, from the Southeast Asia all the way to the Gulf, um, has been conceptualized for architects as a place of favelas and informal forms of of urbanism or uh, almost instant cities with massive developments. We're looking precisely at places that counteract that narrative, in which architects operate, as Christina was explaining, figures that mediate between strong civil societies, institutions, and private capital, and they do so in a sea of media, post-traumatic conditions, follows of capital, and new forms of objectrification
0: do you believe that architects can fulfill that role in the current position they hold in society as independent designers, or must there be like a new sector of the UN or such to take care of these kinds of issues?
1: The great thing about that region or the examples that we're looking at that are Medellin, Valparaiso, Cape Town, and Bahrain, is that in a lot of cases, architects are already operating like that. That actually, these radical transformations that these places are going through require architects to operate like that, and architects get those positions already. It's not like it's something that is a future, possible future. What we are trying to see is if architects in other places of the world could learn from that positions, from that places in which you operate there, you actually are realize that maybe it's not so important to build new buildings, but actually put forward to society documents that allow to discuss the future of the city.
0: Speaking of the form, (laughs) the specific form of your piece on the fourth floor it's kind of a uh, long panel of um, differently stacked pieces from these the media that you collected throughout the course of these travels but there's also a sound element correct um where each individual who views the piece should wear like headset and be able to listen to the sounds while they're moving through the, the panel is that correct yeah can you talk a little bit about what the impetus was behind that kind of multimedia approach and what kind of experience you were trying to create for uh,
1: the Indo-Pacific Atlas is the result of a year-long research effort by a group of four researchers that I That we coordinated. The amount of material we had and we gather is like endless. You <laughs> have like uh, it's all on the website right now. Up on the website indopacificatlas.com. And we kind of encountered this problem of how you show that material in a without making everyone to read two million uh, pages. The solution we decided to go for was this uh, kind of massive uh, three-dimensional collage and a narrative that will introduce the audience to some of the topics. It's actually not with headphones. You're supposed to listen. So it's there, it's sounding. It's there. The model literally speaks to you. It's talking all the time. Some of the images talk to each other and you can get into the narrative at any moment to actually get what is going on. Uh, so the piece is a little bit of a guide because, oh, sorry, the sound piece, it's a little bit of a guide, since um, we understand that, those, that kind of 10-meter-long collage sometimes could feel overwhelming. So the, the sound allows you to enter in some specific points and start understanding the logics behind it.
0: So will this be elaborated on later, after the biennial is over, like the research will continue?
1: Yeah, and the uh, goal is to actually produce a series of volumes that actually go up in deep to the uh, problematics of some of these sites.
0: And to kind of finish off, I'd yeah. like you guys to address the idea of um, architect as public intellectual in a forum like the Biennial. How do you imagine institutions like the Biennial promoting that idea of the architect as public intellectual? Before?
2: I think that one of the one of the topics would be, or one of the forums would be uh, um, reaching, of course, to a wider audience, which uh, I think that this Biennial does very well. Since it's open to the public, that's one thing. <laughs> and also... Um, Bringing to the table broader topics as well. So topics that are not necessarily only disciplinary, but that has a, have an impact in the city, construction of city, etc. No? As I was mentioning before, yeah.
1: It's already, in a way, operating like that. The fact that the city of Chicago recognized the value of architects and architecture as a public discussion. The yeah. fact that they recognize that there is a need for a Biennale and that actually should be housed by the city in a public building open for the city, in the center of the city. It's already, you know, a little bit of a, of a hope that things are moving in that direction.
0: Thank you both so much. Thank we you. really appreciate you contributing your thoughts. And definitely everyone go see the exhibition. Fourth floor?
1: Yeah, in the top of the stairs.
0: Great. <laughs> so, Ertzi and uh, Christina, thank you both so much. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Thank you.